0: Everybody, and welcome back to the Kelly Green Hour, which is for the third time this year a victory green hour as the Philadelphia Eagles handled business and dismantled the winless Detroit Lions last week 44 to 6. I'm your host, LJ Harrell, and joining me as always is my co host, Connor Donald. Connor, what's up, bud?
1: Not much, man. It's great to have a victory green hour no matter who it's against. I mean, it's funny because you watched through on Twitter, people were like, oh, we're going to lose. This. Like, this could be like we're the ultimate upset. Then it completely turned to so many people picking Detroit that it wasn't even really an upset, minus that the sportsbooks still had it that way. And then we crushed them, and people said, oh, well, it was just Detroit. So I guess there is no making people happy, but I'm happy because it's a victory green hour.
0: Yeah, I'm happy too. I mean, there, it was a no win situation for the Eagles, um, but maybe, maybe. Nick Sirianni found a blueprint, a blueprint, excuse me, for his offense, and maybe we know what the identity of this offense is. And I remember last week on Twitter you had put how um, the Eagles were calling up Jordan Howard on our Kelly Green Hour uh, Twitter, and I had ma- made a, a comment that watched him get more carries than Miles Sanders has had all year. And the Eagles, as a team, I think ran the ball forty-six times for over two hundred yards. Like, and then this week Sirianni said he got a text from Miles. You know, saying, hell yeah, coach. But, you know, I'm not shocked that they, they ran the ball. It's almost like what Andy Reid used to do when Donovan was his quarterback. When Donovan was starting and playing and healthy, they threw the ball a lot. Did they run it? Yeah, but they threw it most of the time. When Donovan was out and they had the backup quarterback, obviously as with the backup you want to run the ball, and they had a lot of success. Running the football, and then as soon as Donovan would come back, they're throwing the ball all over the place. Maybe now the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Sirianni knows what the identity of this football team is. They're a better running football team with a quarterback in which they, how can I put this, in which they might not trust right now to throw the ball. He's we've talked about it time and time again, where he seems to be a one-read quarterback, and if it's not there, he's going to roll out to the right and either hit a, a Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith, um, Dallas Goddard coming to the right, or he's going to run the football. Now, the Eagles are able to run with running backs under center, not doing these RPOs, not giving Hertz the, the, the opportunity to pull it. And as you mentioned a couple weeks ago, every time they run an RPO, whenever Hertz gives it to the running back, in his eyes, it's like, I wish I would have kept it. Now, you're forcing him to give it to the running back to to execute the play, to run the play. And last week, it was the perfect, it was the best game plan, the best coached game, the, the the best game period in this 2021 season for the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Absolutely. And and I was actually listening to Greg Cassell talk earlier uh, a couple days ago. And one of the things he said is he noticed a big change in that they put Jalen Hurts under center a lot more. They forced him into the situation, like you said, where you have to hand the ball off. They weren't giving him options. They weren't letting him read the defense. They wanted that ball to be handed off. And I think that kind of alludes to, A, the way the game was flowing. And also, B, they don't trust Jalen Hurts to actually hand the ball off if they gave him the option. Nine times out of ten, he's not taking the run. He's reading the defense and then he's optioning or he's passing when and the, the pass sometimes would just lead him to lead him to exit in the pocket, anyways. Um so, and I think that all comes back to the rumors that are starting to surface that you know, Chris Mortensen was saying, and Adam Schefter were saying that the Eagles don't have faith in Jalen Hurts. And they don't think he's the future of the franchise. And keep your eye on the biggest name right now, Russell Wilson. So to me, that just, it all goes back to they changed the offense because of the way the game was flown. But also I think it's because they just honestly don't trust Jalen Hurts to just hand the football off and and commit to the offense properly.
0: You you mentioned how they made the change um, to the offense by having – Hurts under center while they started that way against the Raiders and went completely away from it. Now we just need Sirianni to continue with that, you know, going up against the Los Angeles chargers this week. I think the chargers weakness um, defensively is the running game, even though two two of their top three corners are out. So that's going to entice Sirianni to want to throw the football, you know, 40 times probably um, in front of the home fans, but, you know, go with what works. This is a running football team. Their offensive line is built to run. You know with myata with Dickerson Kelsey uh, Herbig or Driscoll and Lane Johnson they are built to run the football and t- and, and use use your advan- use your, your strength to your advantage against a team that has a weakness to what your strength is um, and that's what the Eagles did on Sunday against uh, Detroit they took event it seemed like Detroit just quit as soon as the Eagles were able to get up it, it their offense, Jared Goff is terrible, by the way. Um, he, he has zero wins with any coach not named um, uh, Sean McVay. But he he didn't look good. That Detroit team's not good at all. Dan Campbell might be in over his head. We've talked about the Eagles. Uh, talked about Sirianni being in over his head. I still think he is, um, but we'll see going forward. Um, you know, going up against a, a first-year coach last, last week, going up against another first-year coach, this week, it's not many times that Sirianni is the coaching, for lack of a better term, coaching favorite, and last week he was. This week, I don't think he's going to be, because Brandon Staley's a really good coach. Now, while the, while the Chargers have been struggling, and, and Herbert has been struggling, we'll, we'll see what happens, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But going back to last week, we mentioned it, total team effort. Um, the defense forcing a turnover, the Gannon blitzing, um, them getting after the quarterback, uh it was a total team domination and one that we wanted to see and you mentioned it going into the game a lot of people were picking against the eagles i picked against the eagles and i was wrong and i'm happy i was wrong obviously and then coming out of it it was oh it's just detroit well like you mentioned we can't have it both ways if they're if they're going to be the underdog and they win give them credit and the, the philadelphia eagles deserve credit for how they performed last week against the lions
1: yeah, and like the way we look, like I was one of those people who turned and picked the Philadelphia Eagles to win. Th- did I pick them to win by this much? No, I think I picked them to win by 10, but in a low scoring affair. I can't remember. I think it was 24 17 or something along those lines that I had predicted. And when you think about that, it's like, the fact that you know you're you're two and five and you're sitting there and you're like oh well you just beat the Detroit Lions those are the games you need those are the games that you should be expected to win and this is a team where we don't even know what our expectations are of this team so when you get a win no matter who it's up against and we dominated the Lions it's not like it was a close game and it's like oh man what a close game with the Lions we dominated the Detroit Lions so that, it's not even a matter of having it both ways in my eyes it's a pure domination of a team we should have purely dominated or at least significantly beat um so it was nice to actually see exactly you know what we were supposed to see in this matchup when we people were picking us not even to be able to win like we saw Gardner Minshew take the field that's how big of a beat down <laughs> that game was and there are very few teams who've gotten a chance to turn to their uh backup quarterback in game so far this early in the mm-hmm. season so the fact that we're able to do that Speaks even more volumes to it. And I think I got to also shout out, I know that, I mean, we want to talk about how great it was to watch the ball run and two Russian scores by Boston, Scott and Jordan Howard. But I got to shout out the, the defensive line because they had a really good game. And I get it. Listen, the Detroit Lions don't have a great offensive line. Their quarterback isn't great. I understand that. But to have Milton Williams' first career sack, Taron Jackson's mm-hmm. first career sack, Josh Schwett with two, Derek Barnett with one, Hassan Ridgeway with one, to see all those names getting sacks and putting in work, that that you like to see that. You love to see that, and that that's really a good thing. I, I wrote in my article last week, previewing the game, that the name to watch was Josh Schwett, and he literally came out of a cannon in the first quarter. I think both his sacks came in the first quarter, which is fine with me, because a sack's a sack. It's a tackle for loss. It, it, it happened, and it was really great to see Josh Sweat able to do that. Um, so I definitely got to shout out the defensive line on that, because we've been giving them a hard time about their inability to really create a whole lot of pressure outside of Javon Hergrave, and, and periodically Fletcher Cox helping Javon Hergrave by each of them eating double teams sometimes. And neither of them even had a sack. On the night so that goes to show that the attention was on them, and other people were able to take advantage of that attention being on them, so that was good by the ancillary pieces of the defensive line.
0: Yeah,, oh, I wish we could play the Detroit lines every week. You know we might mm-hmm. go 15 and two. No, but, um, the Eagles are surpassed. you know, you mentioned how we don't really know the identity. we don't know what the Eagles are. It's kind of tough or it's kind of I don't know if that's a good thing. We're approaching about the past. Since you know there's a 17 game season, the midway part of the year, and we don't know what this team is. Are they, are they, an offensive team, defensive team, running team, passing team, blitzing team? Not like we don't know what this Philadelphia Eagles team is, and I, I would have hoped that by now we would know. Now, fortunately for the Eagles, yes, they're three and five. They're uh, what three and a two and a half, three and a half games. Um, behind Dallas in the division, I think it's three and a half games behind Dallas in the division right now. But if you look at the second second half of the stretch sh- stretch for the Eagles, and we talk about this a lot, but after this um, game against you know Justin Herbert and the Chargers, you know you get Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill and the Saints. Um, you or actually you know you get Teddy Bridgewater, then you mm-hmm. get T- Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon with the Saints. Then you get Daniel Jones, you get maybe Zach Wilson or Mike White, um, who knows, or Joe Flacco. Um, you know we'll see Taylor Heineke twice. We'll see, like, they're going to ha- be favored in some of these games. Last week was the first game in the of the first eight games of this year that the Philadelphia Eagles were favored. Going forward, after this week, they're going to be favored in some games, and they're going to have to take advantage of this what what I'll call a weak schedule. And I hate that. Doing it Because as I mentioned before, the Phillies had the easiest schedule in the second half of the year and got swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks. So I don't want to say, you know, because they have an easy schedule, the Eagles are going to take advantage and be able to make a run, whether it's in the division or whether it's at a wild card. But they have to be able to take advantage and win games where you're favored, where you have the advantage offensively, defensively, even in the coaching staff, can't be losing to, to the Joe Judges of the world, um, you know, and, and whatnot. But they have to take it one game at a time. And, and this game coming up against the Chargers is going to be a fun one and one that will probably be close.
1: Definitely. I mean, I think that people are are kind of it's actually interesting because people aren't prepared to write Philadelphia off this week against the L.A. Chargers. And I've actually heard people pick us as like their underdogs, underdog picks of the week. So that makes things very interesting because, like you said, the L.A. Chargers, they have been struggling. They've had their issues offensively and defensively. They're really bad against the run, which is a really good thing when you see what we just did last week against the Detroit Lions um, and just completely dismantling them with the uh, with the Russian game.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, so, you know. I think it's it, it's obviously easy to talk about a winning game, but I, last week's game was such a dominating performance by the Eagles, one that we wanted to see. I, and I'm glad, you know, whether it's the Darius, the, the Avante Maddox, Darius Slay fumble and return for a touchdown, which happened late in the game, or just the Eagles' total domination, as you mentioned, both offensively and defensively, especially on the front lines. I want to talk about, we just passed the trade deadline, and there was a lot of talk of Fletcher Cox getting traded. I'm glad he didn't. Um, he, he should, whether he'll be here next year or not, I don't know, but, you know, he should be able to at least finish off this year, um, as an Eagle, um, what moves, I mean, there was really only one big move. So the Von Miller trade, which was a shocker to me from Denver to to the Rams who have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey out of, out of Von Miller, three hall of fame caliber, probably hall of fame players. You know, what type of impact does that make for the Rams? Connor? Like they're obviously what are they seven and one right now, uh, maybe six and two. I, don't, I can't remember off the top of my head. But that team, which has one of the best defenses in the NFL, where, where do you see that taking them? And of the move, the, the moves the Eagles made, they, they traded Joe Flacco. Um, they acquired Kerry Vincent Jr., a rookie corner from Denver, for a, a sixth round pick. Not trading Fletcher Cox. Not making. You know, trading a Brandon books type, you know, moves that they either made or didn't make. What, which ones do you think will impact the Philadelphia Eagles season the most going forward?
1: Well, I'll start with the Von Miller deal. And you know, I listened to Andrew Brandt the other day, and one of his things was, how much longer can they be all in before they're all out? Because they have no draft picks. They have no way of building behind the main core of their team right now. If injuries start to strike, they are they are wiped out. They are wiped clean. So you have to be very careful. I think they've redefined all in. Um, but they, they're dangerous. They, they were dangerous before this move. This just makes them even more dangerous and solidifies their linebacking group. Um, and the fact that they were able to get... Uh, Denver to take on so much of that So that they could fit him under the cap And now they're working on negotiating A new contract for next season That just baffles me That that a team was willing to take that much cap But it kind of looks like You know The Denver Broncos are really working on On Almost not a rebuild, but a very quick retooling by grabbing a second and a third round pick. And and I, I think they, they may regret the decision not to have drafted a quarterback this year because they brought Teddy Bridgewater in. And Teddy Bridgewater is exactly what we expected Teddy Bridgewater to be. So really... Kind of unfortunate for them um, because they're in a bit of a mess at the quarterback position, which is so ironic given the person who was calling the shots and making the draft picks. You would think that he would know how to make a, a good quarterback or recognize a good quarterback move. Um, the Eagles, Kerry Vincent, apparently, this was, uh, I was reading an article yesterday. Kerry Vincent was uh, a guy that Howie Roseman really liked last season. Kept an eye on Oddly enough They didn't do A pre-draft interview With him Or anything But they just Really liked him For his versatility He played in the nickel He played as the Outside cornerback He played as a safety um, At LSU He is a bit Undersized obviously But you can see What they're trying to do We're doing The same thing That we did Two years ago We talked about it Quality over quantity Or quantity over quality At the cornerback position They're trying to figure out What life after Steven Nelson Is going to be like Preparing for do we have someone on board who can support life after darius slay like i think they're just preparing they're just think because i think we have nine cornerbacks on roster right now so it's like so we're just back to where we were a few years ago when we were talking about Rasul douglas and talking about Sidney jones and talking about avante maddox and that group of cornerbacks that we had prior to bringing darius slay in. and and I don't necessarily believe it's a bad way to do it because I like Tay Gowan Kerry Vincent to me I didn't mind him. He was very undersized, super athletic, which is seems to be the defining factor of becoming a Philadelphia Eagle now. If you're athletic, you're in. Um because he runs a sub 4 four forty, He's a 4-3 speed. Um, he's got some other nice athletic traits. So I'll be interested to see what they do with him. I don't think he can play safety at this level. I think he's more relegated to just the nickel corner, which means maybe we're preparing for life after Avante Maddox because he's a free agent this year. I think
0: they're going to resign Maddox. He's had a really, really good he year.
1: He has had a really good year with that move to the nickel spot. So maybe Kerry Vincent's just a depth option. Tough to say. I um, yeah, can't forget trade Zach talked about. Too. Yeah, Zach McPhee. Like, we just have a lot of undersized but athletic corners. And I think we've seen with the move to pick up Darius Say, you can't just have a bunch of undersized athletic corners. You got to have a corner with some size. You got to have a corner who's able to go up and work those 50 50 balls and, and do what Darius Say has been doing. And we don't really have that yet. But, I mean,. There is a really good draft class coming up for for the cornerbacks apparently only at the top because if they're trading for all these late round picks from this past year clearly they don't trust the day three options for cornerbacks this year but they may trust the day one and day two options so I'll be interested to see what they do there but also if they end up trading away two or all three of those first rounders in a deal to get a quarterback. Um well, then I don't really know what to say on that front because we may be stuck at the cornerback position with quantity over quality yet again, um oh. as we did in prior years and the and lastly, the Fletcher Cox move, i uh, I didn't expect the move to be made. We're carrying twenty million dead next year. He wanted a a day two pick, preferably a second. It sounds like the Vaughn Miller deal really shifted yeah, in that, right, how he might his how valuation to the Raiders before that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it really shifted how his valuation on what he thought he could get for Fletcher Cox. But I think he has to understand that nobody was cut like nobody. We would have had to eat a lot of salary again, and we were already taking so much. Like He's going to be off roster, and we still owe him over $15 million after not this season, but next season. We're still going to owe him a ton of money in dead cap. So I don't know if we could have afforded to eat anymore when you could just keep him around and... Him and Javon Hargrave paired together aren't that bad. Just prepare to build behind them because I think it's, you know, we have to consider preparing for life after Fletcher Cox. I respect Howie for the way that he tried to get maximum value out of players, but the trade deadline just isn't what it used to be or has never really been Yeah, the NFL. The NFL. Trade,
0: yeah, the NFL trade deadline's not that good compared to, you know, the MLB or even the um uh, um NBA tread down. And I think
1: it has a lot to do with the cap situation too, because you know, the cap didn't go up now. We now it's a wait and see of what the cap's going to, obviously it's going up this year, but what's it going to reach? Like you don't want to land all these guys and be in a situation where it goes up half the amount you thought it was going to go up and start going up 20 million. It goes up 10 or whatever teams just don't want to get stuck.
0: And it's also, you're going from one system to another. And if trying to learn an NFL playbook, um, and and whatnot is a lot harder than learning uh nba play like the five plays an nba coach might run or uh, there's not even really plays you you learn signs in baseball so
1: exactly that's a big thing too like i people often forget because i made the reference uh i put a tweet out about the obj situation and i said like you know It's not all about, in football, it's not all about, oh, he's got a big name, let's bring him in because we know he's going to, you're going to plug him in, you're going to play him. That's not a guarantee like the NHL or the NBA or the MLB where you can just plug and play a guy. It's about scheme, finding scheme fit, finding a culture fit. And it just, like, I made it in reference to OBJ, but that can be in reference to anything. And that's exactly why you don't see the moves because you got to start to grasp the playbook unless it's like, Adrian Peterson, where you're just going to be like, all right, we're going to hand the ball off, and you're just going to run right at the uh, run between whatever tackles you see, whatever holes you see. That's all we want from you. Yeah, those situations arise, but when you're building like Philly's building, you need to find those scheme fits, those culture fits, something that's really building towards the future, not a rental for a year that we already were prepared to write off, and now we're sitting at three and five, and people think we have a chance, but people forget... Dallas is miles ahead. Dallas is basically coasting with this division and you're not making it as a wildcard card in the NL or in the um, NFC.
0: They actually can't a game out of the seventh spot. Like it, I know. And I know it's early. So potentially they could, but like, first I want to go back to the LA Rams thing. I saw a meme that said the, the, the Rams drafted Jared Goff number one overall. And they were like, and they saw how that happened. They were like, yeah, forget that. We're not going to draft again ever. And that's why they keep trading all these picks. Um, they don't have a pick until I think the fifth round next year, which is crazy. Um, I'm sure that they'll probably make a move over here, try to pick up a a a day two pick and whatnot. But but you know that's a Rams' issue. Um, but yeah, you know they're they're going they're the definition of all in right now. If they and if they can't win a championship under McVay with the group that they have now, I don't think they're that McVay's ever going to win a championship um, with the Rams. But I'm glad you brought up OBJ. I so. He'll officially be waived Monday, um, and then at 4 p.m. Tuesday, people can put claims in. The Eagles are eighth on that claim wire. I actually would do it, and I get it. Like it's going to be, you'd have to pay him at what seven? I think seven and a half, seven. They're uh,
1: sure It's going to be between four and eight million. It just depends. On I, the think risk seven, I think it's seven. I think it's like
0: seven and seven and seven and a half mil. No, that the mm-hmm. team that if the, if a the team claims them w- would have to pay him. You know. I'm done with Jalen Rager, um, and they, they used him more in running the ball last week, and it seemed to suit him best. I don't, he 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 doesn't do it for me as a receiver. And we want to figure out what we have in Jalen Hurts, and if the Eagles want to throw the football, get they need a veteran presence, a veteran receiver that has done it in this league. And if you could put, if if they were to get Odell Beckham Jr. and and I get it that. It's probably gonna be a one year thing, but it, you never know. If he liked it here a lot, like maybe, maybe he would be willing the Eagles will have money next year, maybe he would be willing to to stay and um you know sign an extension for a couple of years. But you know, on the football field, you pair Odell Beckham Jr. with Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, uh Dallas Goddard, <clears throat> um the running backs. You know, Sanders when he's back, Gainwell, Howard, Scott, like, and we can finally possibly see what we have in Jalen Hurts with a reliable veteran receiver. That can't be, but that won't be bad. Like, you'd have eight games, because he's not going to be able, he's not going to play this week. You'd have potentially eight games with him to see what he he can do. Look, I'm not expecting the Eagles to put a claim in for him or bring him in, and I don't even think he would want to. Obviously, if they put a claim in and the Eagles were the only team, then he had no choice. But like, say if he went to free agency and the Eagles were like, "Hey, you want to come here?" I'm sure he's going to want to go to Seattle, San Francisco, the Saints. Like, he's going to want to go elsewhere. But I think if you want to see what you have in the in Jalen Hurts and try to find out if he is a legit franchise quarterback before you trade away potentially trade away two or three first round picks for Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, or if you're going to draft one of these questionable quarterbacks coming out in college. You go out and get them the best players available. And Odell no Beckham Jr. is better than Jalen Rager. Put him on the outside, and you have a legit threat and somebody that will go up and get the football.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think I, it's not like I don't dream about the pairing of Devonta Smith and Odell Beckham as your two outside receivers. I mean, that it, that would be dangerous. I mean, you put OBJ in with the weapons we have, like you said, Miles Sanders back, Dallas Goddard, you have Quez Watkins who can now move into the slot and play that role. And then you have those two on the outside. Like if Jalen Hurts can't succeed with that, obviously we know that that it, it's not meant to be. Um But it's almost like they already realize it's not meant to be, and it's already like they they realize they're going all in to get a quarterback, and I don't think it comes in the form of draft. And like we've seen the reports already emerging that, you know, they're saying that no or the majority of executives in the NFL don't have any of these quarterbacks as top 10 picks. They don't have them inside their top 15 and very few have them inside their top or very few have them in the top 10. Even fewer have them in the top 15, too. So like what? So you're basically going all in on Russell Wilson would be the assumption. But if you do really have something in Jalen hurts, you can save yourself a lot of money at this point by not having to take on the uh wilson contract and you could have obj there i mean i know we're playing devil's advocate and i'm really rather against it because of the culture situation this man's forced himself out of two different organizations i'm not prepared to believe he wouldn't do it in a third or fourth organization for the rest of his career um but i mean the guy just turned 29 yesterday on the day he was released so let's not deny that the guy still is at a point where, yeah, he's going to start to go off the cliff, but let's not deny that there isn't two to three more years there of very worthwhile play. And at least for namesake, you have to watch the guy. You have to take account for him on the defensive side of the ball, because you know that they're going to try and hit him when they can. Um, So I'm not denying it. And I think it's not a foregone conclusion that so many teams would be in on him either. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, you'd be crazy not to go in on him. But I don't necessarily believe that 32 teams would line up for his services. I'm not prepared to believe 16 teams would line up for his services at this point in the season. So I am interested to see how the waiver wire breaks down. I do think he doesn't make it through waivers. Somebody's claiming that, man. But I, I don't think it's as foregone conclusion as what some people are tweeting out, like, oh, you got to have him on your team. Oh, you got to get this guy. I, I I disagree. I think there's more than 16 teams who will easily pass on this man.
0: Yeah, there's a bunch of teams that really don't need them. But my thing, if the, if the Eagles were able, able to get them here, they have the Giants on their schedule twice the, the remainder of the season. Talk about motivation for a guy who whose giant career didn't end the way that him or the Giants fans would have wanted it to. Talk about motivation, what he would want to do against this former team. Um, again, I don't think he's going to come to the Eagles. I don't think the Eagles are going to put a claim in. But I wouldn't be mad. And, and it, it, I think that they would get him motivated OBJ for the rest of this year. And it can o- all, and, and as we mentioned, it can only help the offense and help your quarterback out that you're trying to determine, is he the guy? Um, but yeah, so that, that's, that's kind of where I, oh, I wanted to touch on when it came to, to uh, cut players or, or the trade deadline. Cause obviously the Eagles didn't really make any moves and, and we didn't anticipate it, but this off is going to be a crazy one, Connor. And I can't wait to talk about the off season when we get there, um, you know, jan- end of January, February. Um, and we get close to, to free agency and the draft because the Eagles are going to have money and they have draft capital and this team could look different next year, um, the, depending on the moves that they make. I mean, the one difference that I, I will continually say that I want to see is how we go on and not making the decisions, but we already know that that's not going to happen. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm, I'm definitely intrigued of how things are going to go um, the, re- the remainder of the
1: season for the Eagles. Yeah, couldn't agree more.
0: All right, so before we get to talking Eagles Chargers, let's do our unheralded Player of the Week, and this is for Week Eight in the NFL. Um, I'll go first, Connor. I know you. Um, I'm gonna go, and obviously this doesn't include Thursday. I'm going Mike White for the Jets, defeating the first place Cincinnati Bengals. Was 34-31. He threw for over four. Hundred yards for the Jets. Their Jets have what two wins on the air, and they've come against the Titans and the Bengals. Like the Jets are a weird team. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. get them. Um, but yeah, Mike White and and he made he made that offensive mo- offense move. And then you have to think, what's wrong with Zach Wilson? Why can't Zach Wilson do that same thing? Um, but yeah, coming in at the end of of after Wilson got hurt a couple weeks ago, and then starting last week, and even though the Jets did make the move for Joe Flacco to To get a vet in there for to possibly start, and, and I know Mike White got hurt on Thursday against the Colts, but he says he's fine, and if he gets the opportunity to start next week, he, he's going to be out there. But yeah, he is. He had a really good game throwing the ball and, and and controlling that Jets offense and doing whatever he he wanted to do pretty much against a a pretty good Bengals defense. And so I'm going to go with Mike White and his over 400 yards passing as my unheralded player of the week.
1: Before I give you my unheralded player, one thing, just saw this tweet come through. There's 16 NFL scouts in attendance at probably the biggest game this week um, Alabama, for college Alabama. football. No, at um, Liberty and uh, uh, Old Miss. Ole Miss. Because and Malik, Malik, Malik Willis and Mac are two yeah. of those big guys, and Philadelphia is one of the teams in attendance. So very interesting, probably trying to get front row center seats on Do we go with one of these guys or are we investing in a Russell Wilson? Just thought that very interesting Mm -hmm. Um, because it is a matchup with a lot of eyes on it, because those are two um, of the uh, guys who are higher up on the quarterback list this year after Spencer Rattler kind of completely face planted and fell off Mm -hmm. the face of the earth until next season, whenever he, uh, wherever he decides to transfer to, um, me, I'm going to go on the quarterback side of the football, too, and this one's ugly. I hate to be, a, you know, a guy who, who shouts out the Cowboys, but I'm going I Cooper knew you Rush. were going there. Um, listen, are the Vikings good? Absolutely no. not. Are the, the Cowboys good? Yeah. Are the Cowboys good? They're looking pretty good, and that was a very impressive show by Cooper Rush. For one week, they needed to make sure Dak got to as close to hundred percent as humanly possible to make the remainder of this run. And then what probably they're dreaming up in a playoff run. Um, so being able to give Dak that extra week off and Cooper rush putting up 24 for 40, 325 yards, two touchdowns, uh, one interception and three sacks. So not the most beautiful and cleanest performance, but it is Cooper rush. I mean, to be able to put that faith in his, uh, in his hands, and to beat a team like the Minnesota Vikings, who have been like feels like all in for the last couple of years and just can't get it done like that's a bad loss for the Minnesota Vikings who fell their three and four at the hands of Cooper Rush. Yeah,
0: I hate it watching that game on Sunday night. <laughs> Minnesota is so overrated, Kirk Cousins is so overrated. Their time management at the end of the first half was terrible with the timeout and letting like 30 seconds or 40 seconds go off the clock it was just really really bad um and that end of that game it, oh my god for for a guy that claims to be a defensive coach zimmer has, he, he he might be done in minnesota after this year but yeah that was ugly and i couldn't stand watching that game i was hoping minnesota minnesota would help, minnesota would help us out but obviously they did not and the Cowboys are going to get back, back this week most likely against um they're facing denver this week right i think um, against against the Broncos, so uh, we'll we'll see what goes on and see if the Eagles can try to find a way to cut into to this division lead. All right, the Philadelphia Eagles facing the Los Angeles Chargers this week at home. The Eagles are three and two on the road, 0 and three at home. Now they're three losses: Chiefs, Tampa, and then the Niners in Week Two. The Eagles have to find a way to win a home game. We talked about coming into the season that their home stretch, their home schedule was a. Va- da- daunting task. All the teams that they, you know, thought the Chargers. Chargers aren't playing well right now, but thought the Chargers would be better. Thought the Saints might be a little bit better than they are. Um, obviously, the Chiefs, Tampa. Thought San Francisco would be a little bit better. Um, and then the division games with Dallas uh, in there. Thought that that the um, the uh, excuse me that that home schedule was just going to be tough, and it's proving out to be. 0 and 3. They have to take advantage of where where they can and try to win some home games, and that starts this week. Against the Chiefs, um, I know you have your your piece going on to Sports Talk Philly this week. Where where did you um kind of go talk about what you put into your article and your thoughts on this game uh, between the Eagles and Chargers, uh, Connor?
1: Well, kind of like you alluded to, um, I mean, we we saw more pressure come from the defensive side of the football last week, which was nice to see. Uh, We were dead last in blitz percentage three weeks ago um, when we faced the Raiders, and now we're actually up to... Fourth last so we're getting better We're actually we, we're blitzing at about Almost 4% higher rate in those Weeks than we did at the Start of the season um, the Secondary looks a little better I mean maybe Like maybe this is all a comfort thing because There's the Detroit Lions and stuff and they, There was a willingness to try new things And different things on defense but we're going To take that we'll take it where we can get it Especially on the defensive side of the ball You got to try different things you got to try new Things you got to figure out you know If what if you got something there? What you what you can do if this is a scheme to roll with, and what what different types of approaches you can take that actually help in stopping or fooling the uh, other team's offenses? Um, we didn't really get to touch on it, but the uh, drop of uh, linebacker there, Eric Wilson, uh, I think that was a big move by Philadelphia, saying that that obviously that experiment wasn't working out and that they were mm-hmm. prepared to roll with guys like Taron Jackson, Davion Taylor, and really putting the, putting the, the, giving the reins to the younger guys in the linebacking core. Um, we saw TJ Edwards had a really good game last week. Taron Jackson obviously had his first sack. Davion Taylor's, snaps have gone way up each week growing and growing to the point that he got Wilson. I believe Davian Taylor was the driving force behind getting Wilson cut um, because I'm pretty sure Wilson's contract was fully guaranteed. So the fact that they went to that level that they were able, they felt comfortable enough to just downright drop him means they kind of have a direction that they're looking at with the linebackers and they have some confidence in some of these guys. So I'll be interested to see how much that confidence is, um, and what they do against a much better team, because obviously you got Austin Eckler, you got Jared cook, um, you, you got Keenan Allen, you got, you got some guys who play this slot extremely well, or who play that short to intermediate intermediate game extremely well in LA. And it could get, I, I have a feeling it could get ugly with the linebackers and safeties again this week, especially with a guy like Austin Eckler mm-hmm. and a really experienced tight end like Jared cook. Um, so, I mean, that's and my Keenan personal Allen, take Keenan on Keenan Allen, the,
0: who plays in the slot. So, the mm-hmm. Eagles are going to play zone and he's running across the middle of that field.
1: He'll find those openings front. and make us pay over yeah. and over. Kind of like last week. Um, I feel like, you know, the way that the New England Patriots played their Los Angeles Chargers is going to be very similar to how we play the Chargers. Because we're going to take away the big play. Mike Williams is probably going to have a really bad day because we're going to take away that big play but we're going to leave that open and we're going to try and keep sticks defense, try and stop the first downs, try and keep things in that zone, you know, in that little umbrella in the middle of the field that they create. Um, And it could be very similar to kind of what the Patriots did last week. And Keenan Allen had a monster game. Mike Williams, not so much. And Austin Eckler had a pretty big game as well last week. Um, That's my thoughts on the chargers. At least.
0: I just hope that, Jonathan Gannon doesn't re- revert back to that. Like last week, he was a, more aggressive than he's been all year. Stay aggressive. I'm not saying blitz 90% of the time. I'm just saying change it up. Don't continue to play the same coverage over and over and over again, and allowing the offensive coordinator for for the Chargers to okay, this is what they're going to do. We're expecting it, so we'll 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 divide. We'll call a play that'll get somebody open right over the middle of the field. Um, because if you do that, like, you can't win that way. You need to change it up. Um, offensively, the Eagles continue to run the ball, because as I mentioned, the, the Chargers' weakness on defense is their run game. Um, yeah, they have uh, Joey Bosa? Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. One of the Boses. Yep. I, <laughs> I guess Joey. It's, Joey. it's Joey. Nick's on like they, San Francisco. They have, they have Joey Bosa on the one, the, the one end, but everybody else on that line is meh. Um, the guy I really and, and I mentioned how the the Chargers are going to be missing Asante Samuel Jr. and Michael Davis, they're mm-hmm. two of their top three corners. The guy, one guy I really like on the Chargers defense, Derwin Der, uh, Derwin James, he's good. I like oh, him weird. a lot. I loved him coming out of uh, Florida uh, out of college at Florida State. He he is all over the place. I love and we all like Asante Samuel Jr. We wanted the Eagles to take him and um, get get um you know pick six Jr. here, but uh, obviously that didn't happen. Um well, it'll be interesting to see. Does Derwin James, does he cover Dallas Goddard? Um, does he play a little bit of corner to to take one of the receivers, whether it's Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, or whatever? Um, with the two two of the top three corners out, um, does he play kind of like a, a, a in like a linebacker type, a, a rover, um, knowing that the Eagles, or thinking that the Eagles are going to run the football? This is where it's going to get interesting. Um, you know where. This is where the game planning comes into play So I'm definitely going to be intrigued to see what they do With Darwin James um, it'll, be, it'll be good to see it, again, I'm a huge Derwin James Fan, offensively yeah,
1: and, I, and just like you referenced before you move on There, they, the Chargers rank Dead last, 32nd They've been rushed on the most They've allowed the most yards And they're allowing the most yards per attempt So, I mean If there's one thing to take from In a game plan and strategy for By Nick Sirianni, it's don't really change what you did last week because you can probably do a very similar thing and kind of hide Jalen hurts and give him that limited number. You'll probably gonna have to throw a little bit more because obviously the chargers are going to put some points up on the board. Their offense is a, a fair bit better than their defense. But to that point, you should be able to continue to rush the ball and pound the football with Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, maybe Kenneth Gainwell gets a bit more involved in as well. But overall, their defense has been really bad. They're in the bottom 10th of the league across the board in average time allowed per drive, plays per drive, yards per drive, and points given up per drive. So their defense is really, really not good. There should be no reason why we don't put up at least three or four scores in this game. And you can really lean on that run game again. And but yeah, you you're not going to get away with throwing 10 times in the game, but you might, you can likely get away with throwing 15 to 20 times mm-hmm. and leaning on that, that Russian game again.
0: Yeah. That's what the Eagles identity should be right now. It can change later in the year, but right now they're a better running team than they are a passing uh, team. I'm um, going over to the Chargers offense. Justin Herbert hasn't played well the last couple of weeks, but he started off the year. On fire, where the talk was the Chargers could be the the number one seed in the AFC. It's probably not going to happen now, but still, I mean, he has talent. Um, also, you mentioned Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jared Cook. They have a really really good offensive um, arse, arse, arsenal there. Um, their offensive line is okay, but this is where you know the Eagles front four um, has to has to win the game. They have to take advantage of. You know their offensive line and find a way to stop Austin Eckler. Like that, he's mighty mouth. He is he is Darren Sproles. Um, you know, people envision maybe Boston Scott being Darren Sproles. No, Austin Eckler is Darren Sproles. he he can do it all on the field, running the ball, catching the ball. Um, so it's that's going to be a tough matchup for the Eagles linebackers, as you mentioned, um, Connor. We know that the the weakness of the Eagles defense is the middle of that the defense. So. Will they be able to take advantage – will the Eagles, excuse me, be able to uh, not be exploited in in that um, area of the field against these uh, Los Angeles Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers? All right, Connor, prediction time. um, Maybe a key or the biggest player uh, that's going to have the biggest outcome of the game and your prediction.
1: I think with the with the two starting cornerbacks for for. Uh la being out i understand like we probably won't go to the air as much kind of like me and you've been talking about but devonta smith has to become a factor again he in needs this to start offense. catching the ball he needs to start catching the ball this is a guy who i don't think had a drop in college and i think we've seen three or four drops already and some of them not the fault of himself but some of them clearly just concentration catches that he should have made and he didn't make um So for me, I think Devonta Smith has to become a factor because, yes, we can lean on the run game. But when we really have to open things up or take that shot, Devonta Smith has to make that catch. Devonta Smith has to make that play. And Jalen Hurts has to show that he has that continued confidence in Devonta Smith as well to throw his way. Um, So I think he can be a major impact player with them missing their two starting cornerbacks because Devonta Smith should be able to take whatever third, fourth, fifth corner they have all rostered a school especially with the way he runs routes and how sharp he's looked in the early going of the season um we didn't get to see much of him last week obviously it was working the middle of that field with the run game in dallas goddard but i think there's reason to believe we can see him a bit more and he should see five plus of those 20-ish targets slash attempts that go to the air um I don't know if I can go with Philadelphia this week, though. It's tough. I I think it can go either way. I think it's going to end up a very close game. Um, And I want to say that, you know, that things that the scoring, that there's a lot of high scoring. But I don't know if it's going to be that high scoring, but I'm going to kind of give it that way. I am going 27 to 24 for the Chargers. Interesting,
0: interesting. Um, My guy that I'm looking for is... um Oh, yeah. Dallas Goddard. Um, Since he has become the starting, since that Zach Ertz trade, he has been really good. Um, The Eagles obviously have been targeting him, and um, they probably should have signed him to a contract extension before that because now his numbers are going to keep going up and up and up. But, um, yeah, again, it is going to be, it is going to come down to, is um, Derwin James on him? Because, again, Derwin James, very, very, very big fan of Derwin James. And we know that his ability to, to blitz, his ability to cover tight ends. Um, so we'll see that that matchup, I think, a lot. Um, another tough home run for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm, I'm, as much as I love Eagles, it's, it's tough to, to pick them with. We, a, we don't know their identity. And B, they haven't been consistent. Um, so I'm going to take the Chargers this week. And I'm gonna go 31 to 27. Um, It'll be a close game, but I I I just see the Chargers pulling it out in the end. Um, uh, Again, hopefully we're both wrong. um, Because if we can get the four and five with the stretch of games the Eagles have coming up, they can really turn their season season around. But if they lose this game, go three and six. um, Obviously, they can still turn it around with the schedule they have coming up, but it'll be tougher. Um, and, and just hope that Sirianni doesn't lose this locker room, which it doesn't appear he has. The Eagles do play tough for him. Um, and I, I don't think that the, they'll lose, that he'll lose the locker room and they'll continue to battle out. Um, but tomorrow they'll unfortunately fall to 0 4 at home and 3 6 on the season.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, there's a part of me that, like, I want to see us win. I want to see us do well. But There's also a part of me that doesn't want to, you know, create this false perception for Howie going forward that, oh, I don't need to do a whole lot this offseason. Mm-hmm. Howie has a lot of work to do this offseason. There's a lot of impending free agents. We got a massive draft haul so far. Um, what are we doing at the quarterback position? None of that should change, even if we start to make a run to end the season. And my last other comment before we go off, keep playing Carson Wentz, baby. Get, let's go. <laughs> let's go Indy, man. Week 13 is the week. If he plays a hundred percent of snaps or up to 99% of snaps in the n- upcoming three up. weeks, we get that first round pick. So keep, keep grinding it out, Carson, keep grinding it out. Even though Indy is a stru I mean, they, they beat the crap out of the New York jets, but I mean, whatever that's, I guess with the lions last week. Um, but the Indianapolis Colts are not looking like the team that I think they expected to be. Well, but boy we'd take that first rounder.
0: I, I I know, but their schedule they have the um they have like the Jags and the Texans. Um they do have the Bucks coming up, so that that'll be a tough one. But their schedule is favorable for them. They can pick up some wins
1: um and get try to get mm-hmm. back in that AFC South race. But you're right. Just, but that's good. That's that's what we want, because the more I, I, I it know, looks I want, open for them, the more Carson's going to play.
0: I know. I know. But I want them. I don't want them to keep winning games because I thought it, well, I know we're going to get that first round pick, but I would rather it be, say, a top 15, maybe top 12 pick. Mm-hmm. But the way it's looking, Agreed. it could probably be in the top 20, which is fine. I mean, it's still three first round picks. Um, but yeah, so Carson We can't be too, still, we be too greedy. We cannot be too greedy. I'm still a Carson fan. Um, and as you mentioned, and as you were talking about um, Howie Roseman, unfortunately, this guy lives for self-preservation, and that's exactly what he's doing right now. He's self-preserving, making sure that you know, he can't get fired. If the Eagles can win just enough games, we're like, see, we have we have these picks. We have this money. Let me build it. It's coming. And unfortunately, I think that's what's going to happen, and he'll stay, um, which stinks because I don't like Howie. Not many people do like Howie, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how the, the rest of the season Goes along. Thank you for listening to Kelly Green Hour. As always, follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. And follow me on Twitter at Harrell 54 Also, follow our partners at Sports Talk Philly at Sports Talk PHL. And you'll get to read Connor's piece, which will be going up later today or tomorrow, Connor?
1: Likely tomorrow, I'm tomorrow. hoping. All yeah. right, four, o'clock,
0: 4 o'clock game on Sunday. You'll be able to uh, log, uh, get, read his piece. Um, and then... You know, get set for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Los Angeles Chargers. As always, rate and review the show and subscribe wherever you're listening to us. Thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour.
1: Fly, Eagles, fly.